Hey everyone, this is Robbie Rodriguez, and this is my redneck sidekick, Jason Latour. Ain't nobody sidekick, boy. <laughs> Y'all listening to the amazing Spider Talk. Welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdan, and I'm the editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And I'm Mark Chinacchio. I'm the editor of the Chasing Amazing blog. Thanks for joining us for the 10th episode of Amazing Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. Yeah, Dad, it's been a while, right? Yeah, sorry for the break, everybody, but we hope you really enjoyed those two interviews that Mark and I did. Yes, I, I, I listened to yours, and even though I never watched the Spider-Man animated series, I now feel like I know everything about it, and you also conducted a great interview, Dan. Oh, thanks, man. Same with you. Uh, you know, Giuseppe, all the way from Argentina. Argentina, not Italy, but you know, it was still an a, a, a international call, which was great times. Uh, but anyway, so you heard about those two episodes, but for this episode, we will be talking Amazing Spider-Man number 10 by Dan Slot and Olivia Quopel, answering some fan mail, giving away prizes, discussing Amazing Spider-Man volume number two, number 31 by J. Michael Straczynski and John Romita Jr. Anything else, Dan, in this episode? I think that's about it. Um, but like, you know, I'm excited to talk about volume two number 31 with you and and i i know some people are following along with us like it's like a reading club so you know this is going to be exciting getting into this next issue agreed well remember guys if you hear this sound please check out your ios device for a link to an article video or image to enhance your listening experience mark uh we got a lot to cover and it's crazy in spider-verse so let's get right to it amazing spider-man number 10 is she really going out with him? Well, there she is. Let's ask her. Betty, is that Jimmy's ring you're wearing? Mm-hmm. Gee, it must be great riding with him. Is he picking you up after school today? Mm-mm. By the way, where'd you meet him? All right, Dan. Amazing Spider-Man number 10, part two of Spider-Verse. Um, we really liked the part one a lot. Um, and, you know, I, I, have, I have to think after finishing this comic that while I still think it's, it's better than some of the issues we were getting uh, prior to the start of Spider-Verse, this felt like a bit of a step back for me for some reason. I don't know. Things weren't clicking. Um, I think we were getting back to that, that, that thing that I was a little concerned about before – uh, Spider-Verse even kicked off, which was that, you know, was it, was it going to be more about just throwing all these characters out there rather than actually developing them? You know, like I didn't feel that uh, some of those little details like giving these characters their own voices and personalities was really done. Um, and, and you know, I had some issues with how uh, Spider-Rock was brought back into it. But 
Uh, we'll get into finer details with that. But, you know, any, any, any general thoughts before we get into the details, Dan? Well, one of my thoughts about this, and it kind of gets down to uh, how we review these books. Like, it's hard and maybe inappropriate to review, like, a six-issue story arc issue by issue because, like, clearly there are going to be issues that are bridges to other things and, and maybe just don't stand on their own as a completed work of entertainment. And I would say the first issue probably doesn't either. And I bet that you'll see our grades go up on these books as we get deeper into the story and conclusions and twists and all the guns start getting fired. So, like, this issue does feel like, I agree with you, it's like a step down from the last issue. And it also feels very much like a... Let's send everybody off on their own ways and set up everything. So, yeah, things don't feel very satisfying. And maybe I'm okay, I'm okay with that. I'm willing to give this the benefit of the doubt because I know that it seems to be setting up all these other things to be happening. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, and I think you're, you're mostly right with with that. When it, um, you know, and we'll obviously get to this um, in, when, in the second half of the show when we talk about uh, volume 231 with um, JMS and Ramita Jr. I mean, like, the, the, you can still look at, you know, kind of a piece of a story in terms of its merits and storytelling and artwork and all that. And, and you know, I, I feel that there are some legitimate issues regarding that when it comes to Amazing Spider-Man number 10 here. I mean, it's, it's, there were some things that Dan Slott, um, as a, you know, as a writer, was doing well in the first part that I don't feel he really addressed in the second part, and then some stuff that he, um, you know, just just forgot to do, or maybe I don't know. I mean, but but um, I mean, let's 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 just talk. Let's let's talk what the big selling point of of this comic was, which was the return of Otto Octavius, the Superior Spider-Man. Um, did this. You know, in terms of kind of the build to this, you know, it's we, we got Otto and those two little side superior issues. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, uh, in terms of real time, I mean, this is the this is the first we've seen of Otto uh, since you know, the end of Superior. Did it did it meet your expectations? Well, no, uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, he's just as enjoyable to read as, as ever in, in this issue, um, like. What are my expectations? Like, my expectations are that Peter and Otto will come to blows and finally settle what I wish had been settled at the end of the Superior story. Um, is it, you know, is it fair that I place that onus on this issue with, you know, I'm, I'm imagining that's going to occur in the next issue, especially I've seen the previews. And the artwork seems to imply that. Um, and the ending of this issue seems to imply that as well. That said, it is odd, and I imagine that this is your problem with it, Mark, that Peter seems to take such a back seat here and not address it right away. Um, he did. This is the man that killed me. Yeah, he doesn't address it, but I think shockingly Otto doesn't address it. I mean, like, like here's something. I was a little confused in in the structure of this story. So if I'm talking out of turn here, by all means, correct me, Dan. But I mean, like, I mean, w- was Otto aware that there was six one six Spider Man there? Uh, well, you know, Peter Peter's hiding in the background here. I, I'm not sure that he that he knew that he was there. And I actually think that that's a plus for this book, at least visually. I like 
um, what Koi Pell did where Peter is very small and Otto is this large, hulking, dominating force in, in the frames. And, you know, it sets up the idea that Otto is going to be running this show, even though we get a little bit of a, you know, that kind of being challenged here. I think maybe this book will end up being about Otto and Peter's different ways of addressing this problem, allowing Peter to regain, you know, that dominance as Spider-Man that I wanted, you know, like I said, at the end of Superior. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, did you did you pick up on that? Was that or is that just me? With Otto, it's not even just that that Peter is in the background and and not saying anything. I mean, I'm just surprised that 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 Otto didn't say anything. I mean, you know, why 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 isn't he incredulous about about Peter being around? And I, and I guess you can say he didn't notice, but it kind of ties into another issue I was having, which is which is where um, this version of Spider Rock is is derived from, and and this goes all the way back down to what I was saying a few episodes ago when we were talking about those Spider Verse prologues. Um, in terms of the rules of Spider-Verse. And, you know, what, we, what we've seen so far is that um, all these different spiders come from parallel worlds, so to speak. That's how, um, when I made comment about the Civil War era spider with this, you know, the, the Iron Spider being killed by the Inheritor, is that it was, well, it's not the real Spider-Man, it's someone from another parallel world where Civil War continued and blah, 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 blah. Um, and yet... Otto here, you know, the way way it's being explained is that he's not from a parallel world. It's not like another Earth where, you know, Otto Octavius maintained, you know, his identity as a superior Spider-Man. It, it's he's from a different time. It, you know, he's traveling in time. And I, I, and I just feel like I, I can't fully put my finger on why I feel this is, but this just feels like some kind of level of cheating, you know what I mean? And, and, and like, like, why why are the rules different for this one character? Yeah, I mean, it, it does open up a lot of loopholes. Like, if he can time travel, can it? Can, you know, it, it basically means the inheritors can time travel because they were yeah. able, they were able to go to the future and pick him up. Yeah, it's just like it. It just opens something up, and and you know, I'm going to assume because you know, with pretty much everything that. Dan Slott does, you know, and this is something that we criticize him for sometimes, you know, it, it, he sometimes kind of writes in these, these either weird character moments or weird plot moments because he's trying to serve the larger story. So, you know, we need, we need Spider-Rock here and it needs to be the Spider-Rock. And there's, I'm sure there's going to be a reason for it, but in the interim, I don't know. It kind of, especially when you're dealing with with a writer who does this a lot. You, 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 you. you I don't know. It, 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 it. You know, it's kind of like a, a boulder rolling downhill. You start to notice these things more and more, and, and, and it starts to distract you from the story. At least it distracts me. Yeah, it doesn't um, distract me as much. It's one of those things where I'm like, oh, comic books. But like, yeah, it does open a loophole. You know, uh, we also learned saw another loophole opened in this issue with the clones, um, which you know, um, as soon as I saw that there was a clone involved, I was like, "Oh no! Like, is this going to completely flatten this threat? Like, it's an unkillable threat." I mean, like how I feel about the jackal. Like, no one will ever kill the jackal. Right, and and we talked about this with the hobgoblin. 
uh, earlier, you know, earlier, much earlier in the year, you know, in terms of, you know, is it always going to be a fake? Then, you know, it kind of kind of becomes unfair and cheating. Yeah. Uh, that being no, I, that being said, um, I do like that this uh, basically solves how Moreland has come back three times. Yeah. Um, without really ever like saying that, like, but you know, I guess it's implied that the m- different Morelands that we've got have been clones. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's a clone thing. You wouldn't understand, which is you know lines that you don't expect to read in comic books, even though they're comic books. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I guess it was never really mentioned in the other how he came back. So. You know, I, I guess that plot solved. <laughs> there you go. You solved. You solved. You solved the the problem that we didn't even know we had. But I, I'm a little less worried about the cloning here because I feel like in the pages of Scarlet Spiders, it's going to be solved. Like they're going to destroy the cloning tanks or whatever it is. Um, I mean, it was a bit of a letdown. I was like, oh, really? Did he just kill Deimos that easily? <laughs> which, which, what are? Hold on a second. What are Otto's like spider arms made out of that they can just pierce this Inquisitor like that? He's uh, the superior Spider-Man, man. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, I'll accept it, but I, I, I don't know. Um, but uh, I mean, also an interesting note: Moreland, when he died, and in the, in the other ones, he turned to dust. So, you know, I guess it kind of keeps it, you know, consistent. Right. Well, does does Ben Riley turn to dust, or he just kind of turns into a blob, doesn't he? Like a gelatinous pile of goo. It was dust. <laughs> he like blew away in the wind. I thought it was like goo, but well, you know okay. what? I mean, I'm pretty sure it was dust. But we'll we'll let the uh, I'll put a picture in here. Dust or goo? Yeah. You decide. Yeah, right. I don't think it was really that explicit. Um. But yeah, so I mean, I guess getting back to the superior Spider-Man thing, it doesn't bother me as much as it does you, I think. But it, it is it is bothersome because it does kind of say like the rules here aren't really as solid as you might think. Yeah, well, that's just it. I mean, I, I want rules and I'm not going to get them. And, you know, I guess that's just tough, tough noogies on me. But I don't know. I think rules... I think rules keep stories honest. I think rules keep stories focused and structured. You know, just call me an inside-the-box kind of guy. Okay. Well, you know, I guess that's our word on that. What? Anything else you liked in this issue? <laughs> well, can I talk about something else that, that, that kind of frustrated me a little bit? All right. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I... We're we're critics. We gotta criticize. Yeah, you know. Go away. <laughs> go on. Go, uh, go on. Um. So. So we the old old man spider. He's revealed as Ezekiel here, uh, but it's Ezekiel from another world. But you know, I'll let that slide. One cause... where a world where Peter lost to Moreland. Correct. And Ezekiel uh, took up the mantle. But, you know, like his parting words of wisdom to Peter were that, you know, just to protect the, um, you know, the bride who we believe is Silk, uh, the other who I'm assuming is Cain, and then the Skyon. Skyon? Scion? I, think, I don't know. Scion sounds good to me. Um, which, you know, per definition usually means like 
kin. Uh, so, you know, someone, someone familial. Um, so, you know, speculate away. But, you know, like when he said that, it kind of like, you know, <laughs> I mean, not for nothing. It's kind of been what Spider-Verse has been in a nutshell in terms of the hit list we've been talking about. I mean, it really does kind of just say these three are the important characters. Everyone else. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't know, like that. That just kills me, especially since, you know, part of what I really loved about the first issue in this in, in the storyline was how, like, you know, guys like Spider-Ham and and um, Spider-Girl and, and, and uh, you know, the Captain Universe Spider-Man. I mean, they all kind of had personalities, you know, like I felt like, you know, work was, you know, gone into them to make me care about these people, even though they're just different iterations of the same character. And, you know, this was basically, you know, this, the plot telling us like, yeah, you know, you might like these guys and, you know, we've got some favorites. we got some others you've never heard of. We created some new characters. And by the way, these are the three that are important. But it could know. be anyone, Mark. I guess it could, we're all the scion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still anticipating like uh, the great – Weaver weaving everyone back to life at the end, but it, I don't know. Um, we are Groot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, I see. I see what you're saying. Uh, like it kind of cheapens everyone else. Um, but you know, to me, that actually like makes it more exciting because now I feel like they could all go and. Maybe he will actually kill them all off. Um, well, we already killed Spider-Man Rain, so your yeah. tears. <laughs> In a very kind of like offhanded way. Well, we all know he died from ingesting radioactive sperm. Uh, why is he ingesting his own radioactive <laughs> sperm? You know what? I don't want to know. I don't, you don't answer that question. Um, uh, um, things I did like. I, I thought that we're getting some some more death to Silk. I agree. I agree. She is given kind of this impetuous streak. I think that actually continued over into Spider Woman number one. And I was yes. like, oh, actually, like this is kind of interesting that she's for all of her superior powers, she has some like problems in terms of dealing with uh, authority. I guess. Well, I also just like that she's kind of like the scapegoat and, 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 and is being viewed as a liability. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, you know, she's not just strictly an asset because, you know, she's got an asset that won't quit. And no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was a terrible joke. Uh, I'm not going to dignify that with a response. <laughs> um, but it's in all seriousness, uh, you know, like the first few appearances, I mean, she's like saving every she's saving everybody eight times over. And it's like, you know, this woman is invincible and she should have her own image series. Um, and instead, it's like, no, the, the, the silk is baggage right now for the spiders. Like she's drawing the, the inheritors closer. And, you know, these, the, you know. I, I kind of like that, that, that not, not that I want her to be a liability, but you know, like I said, it adds vulnerability, adds depth. The character makes me actually want to sympathize and see more of her. That's yeah. what, that's, that's it in a nutshell. I just missed everything you said because I was still just so hung up on that terrible dad joke you made about <laughs> invincible. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, no, I, I agree with you. Although I am a little curious. By the end of the issue, she's like sent off with the spider women to kind of like – and tell me if I – correct me on this because I'm not sure that I'm entirely clear. Like are they being sent out to kind of um, distract the inheritors because her like – pull is so strong because like otherwise why don't they just send her back to the safe zone like spider-man was told like keep these people safe and we know that she's one of them so why not keep her safe by sending her back to the safe zone i don't know because that would that would you know story over man (laughs) i guess i mean but like uh, but correct me like is her is what they're doing with her trying to distract the inheritors yeah, I guess it's just trying to like, you know, so they're not all just in one space. So they're trying to spread it out. But you're right. Why don't they just stay in the safe zone? I don't Is it like is it like base and tag? You can only stay there for 10 seconds or something? No, I don't I don't think so. I think you can stay there as long as you want. <laughs> I'm just asking. I mean, clearly she was supposed to stay there from the get-go. She like skipped town, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and and it now makes sense why the last stand Spider-Man didn't want her Going on any teams, um, because he wanted to keep her safe for for some reason. Although I don't know why he doesn't just tell Spider Man, like, "Look, you're the Scion or whatever. Like, just go keep yourself safe." Yeah, exactly. Go away. <laughs> I'll use these incredibly vague, like, code names. Yes. For everyone. Oh, whatever. It's a story. You know, I- I'm willing to let that go. But <laughs> Straczynski would be proud with 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 the mumbo jumbo. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, it's interesting, though, like how, like, uh, like, and we're going to discuss this when we get to uh, the Straczynski issue later. Like, this is weirdly faithful to Straczynski's like writing, right? Which has been almost like largely forgotten um, in the Spider-Man world, and like we've got the other and all these other things. Like, I'm kind of happy to see that stuff kind of being concluded. Yeah, well, you know, not for no, it, it has been forgotten, but it doesn't change the fact that, you know, specifically the story that we're, we've been talking about is probably the last true, like, really great Spider-Man story that we've gotten. I mean, yeah. we've had some good ones, but I mean, like, you know, I mean that, you know, that was like Spider-Man being not not the best because we're big fans and we love Spider-Man, but like, you know, people who. Or casual Spider-Man fans were like, "Oh, this this is a really good comic book right now." You know what I mean? Like so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um, so uh, I I will say I did like a lot of the character interactions here. The whole like okay. Spider Ham and Monkey meeting, I thought yes. was a one a fun moment, and um, I thought the action was really fun and dynamic. I mean, it's one of the things that this book has to really avoid is it just being a lot of like talking heads and labeling Mm -hmm, and i feel mm -hmm. like it's not really been that i mean this issue has more of that than i think the first issue did um uh, but we are getting sorry go ahead well as i say we are getting a fair amount of like panels where it's just everyone standing yeah like 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 through two issues we've gotten at least like four or five of those illustrations you know what i mean like i i just just find that that's getting a little monotonous well i don't think it's gonna happen again i hope not everybody well, they're all broken up, now. up. Yeah. yeah 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 which you know i'm fine like i think this is a, a like 
I know that this might not be the best issue ever, but I'm glad everybody was split up. Like, I think this was a needed step because now we're just going to get Otto and Spider-Man kind of alone, like, and let their two different ideologies conflict. And that's what I want to read, you know? Um, and I got all those side books to deal with whatever other stories are going on. So, and I think those have been fairly successful. Um, I don't know that this story has grabbed me like Spider Island has yet, but right. um, you know, I it's think it's still, still building up. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think this has potential to go to re- some really big fun places. I, I, I mean, like, you know, uh, as much as I am happy to be talking about coming home again in the second part of this show, you know, part of me also was like debating if we were going to go retro to maybe talk Spider Island because. You know, I feel like Spider Island ended so well that some of like the the you know the mediocrity of the earlier issues might be like glossed over by us now in retrospect. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, like, I, I agree with you. I think the first couple issues, I was kind of skeptical as well. I mean, I I remember liking the 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 I don't know if you would call it the prologue with the very first issue, like with the Statue of Liberty on the cover, and then it was kind of like a couple issues. It was like the six arm shocker issue. I was like, "What's this?" And you know what I mean? Like, okay, we've been there, we've done that. And then, like, and then, like by like the fourth part, like all hell started breaking loose, and it was just a wonderful story for me. Yeah, so, no, I'm, you know. I'm right in agreement with you there. Um, uh, you know what? One, can I point one thing out that's kind of irked me, and I think I've mentioned this before. Uh, we get an appearance here from Spider Man from twenty two eleven. <laughs> You just do not like this character, do you? Well, he's dead. That's that. You I keep mean, saying that, but like, what, what, what? You know, based on what rules? Right, <laughs> again, exactly. So I guess this goes into your rules again. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, a lot of these characters are probably dead one way or another. I guess you know? you're right. uh, Ben is dead, and he's back. So, <laughs> and then there's that whole. I, you know, I didn't bring this up last issue, but like in the Ultimate Universe, when like they get attacked in the Ultimate Universe. And they get Miles out of there. Are people forgetting that Peter Parker is hanging around in that universe? Oh, yeah. That's a good point. I, well, you know, this this kind of would then dovetail with the idea that this storyline was kind of written a while ago. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. But you're right. And and you know what? Like, I, is it me or does Miles not get enough play in this issue? No, he doesn't. But I'm hoping he'll get a big moment. Yeah, I mean, like, Miles warrants a moment, and, and like, you could just tell that I, I I feel like thus far there's, I don't know if maybe Slot is hesitant to write Miles because he's such a Bendis creation, but... I thought he did a fine job at the end of the first issue. Yeah. I mean, he didn't do much with him. Yeah, I want to see more Miles, though, because I'm hooked on Miles, and, you know, it sounds like we... Well, it sounds like he's probably going to either be joining the the six one six universe at some point, or he's going to be going away altogether. Unless unless they're faking us out with killing off Ultimate again, but you know, I think it's a fake out. Is there anything you wanted to bring up before we uh, wrap this thing up? Can I make one more comment about uh, Quipel's art? Yeah, sure. It's really great, and I love it. But he does this thing, and you know, like I was like looking back at some old panels of House of M, and he does the same thing there. And I feel like it it, it compresses the images so much, especially if you're like viewing it on like an iPad or something, where like he he does these like double page uh, horizontal spreads, um, where there's like one anchor image that's like usually like le- to the left 
side that, you know, kind of like, and then he like does all these like little secondary panels around it. Um, you know what I'm talking about? It's yeah, kind of I, like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I feel like it kind of disrupts the flow of the narrative. I sometimes have a hard time figuring out because he's got stuff, you know, in that one main image, he's got stuff at the top. He's got stuff at the bottom, you know, including like word balloons and stuff like that. And I'm kind of like, does this, does this, does that impede your reading at all? Or am I just being like an old fuddy duddy? No, it doesn't impede my reading. I don't think he's as kinetic of an artist and, and with his layouts as someone like Humberto Ramos is. Right. Um, but like, I will happily trade some of that kineticism for like the clarity of his images. Yeah. Um, so, Agreed. you know, it's a give and take. I, I thought this book was beautiful. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm waiting to, for him to be able to loosen up a little bit with what's going on in the action. Yeah, agreed. Definitely. I mean, I thought all of his action scenes were really easy to read and uh, and you could really tell like what was happening and when, right? Yeah. No, I, I, you're right. You're absolutely right. I guess uh-huh. one remaining question I have, and maybe it'll be answered soon, is where is Moreland and Karn in this story? Um, yeah, we haven't seen Karn in forever. Yeah, so much was put on the back of them, and we haven't seen them. Um, and I, I thought that would be a key dynamic. And I'm, I'm hoping that they appear in the next issue. And I think the solicitations uh, hint that they will be. Um, but, like, to me, those are the most interesting inheritors. Like, Deimos seemed just like a big, like, punching bag. And I guess we're going to deal with that in the 2099 uh, issues, which we already have, and I, I like right. that issue a, a bit. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm just I'm ready to see like the main guys come into this story because I think Karn is a, a big part to play, and I'd like to see more characterization of him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, what's your grade, Dan? I'm giving I'm giving this one a, a B plus. I you know I I thought it was. Fun to read. Yeah, there's those little things in it. Yeah, it's kind of a bridge issue, but like, I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt that the the rock is rolling downhill with this arc. All right. Well, I mean, I'm 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 gonna bump this down a little bit. I'm gonna say it's a B minus for me. Okay, great. I, I, you're. I'm glad you don't hate me for that opinion. No, no. Look, I totally understand where you're coming from, and like, I think a lot of it is just the nature of reading these like. You know, we don't normally get six-issue arcs from slot even. Um, you know, a lot of this, I think, is a lot just like reading it in this, this nature. And I, I think it'll probably end up a lot like Spider Island. Yeah, well, you know, time will tell. And, you know, I, I'm looking I, – I, I will say I'm definitely – I'm still on board. I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes next. Yeah, I'm excited. I want to see that confrontation that's hinted at the end. I love that image, by the way. Absolutely, yeah. no doubt. And, and it was immediate that Spider-Man looked a little bit like Andrew Garfield on the profile. Yeah, absolutely he did. <laughs> absolutely he did, which so I don't is, mind. I think that's a fine way to interpret him. So is that the Sony-verse version of Spider-Man? No, yeah, it's all a fake out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's get to your comments and emails.
All right, everybody. Now is the time of the show where you guys write in and leave comments and do a lot, all that other great stuff, and and we'll respond to you. We'll read it. We 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 we'd love to hear from you. That's what it boils down to. Um, so, of course, when it comes to ratings and reviews. Uh, well, first of all, you should already be subscribing to us uh, through iTunes or Stitcher, and you can do that very easily just by searching on Amazing Spider Talk or just Spider-Man. Uh, and when you're there, you, sub- you hit subscribe, you listen to a couple episodes, you tell us how much you love us by going on iTunes or going on Stitcher, leaving us a review and a rating. Um, and then, you know, again, we'll read that on the air. And then if you have a question or speculation or a comment about anything that we're talking about, you can, of course, email us. And that email address is AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com. Dan, why don't you read the first uh, comment we got on iTunes here? Awesome. Well, our first comment comes from Kem Chop SCL. It could be Kem Chops CL. I, I don't know. But uh, thanks for writing in. Whoever you are, and the title is Excellent Podcast, 5 out of 5. And this person says, I am still in the early podcast, but you guys have brought back my love of Spider-Man. I stopped reading them towards the end of the Clone Saga and haven't read one since. Now I'm catching up from Superior Number 1. Thanks so much. So great to hear intelligent conversations about Spider-Man. Can't wait to see what happens. Well, someone who stopped reading at the end of Clone Saga sounds familiar, huh, Mark? Oh my goodness! I think I think that's there's a club of us, and there's there's got to be a couple a couple of thousand, I think at least. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe more. So this uh, next comment on iTunes is from Lego Christian. Uh, Lego writes in amazingly superior to every other Spider-Man podcast ever. Five out of five stars. And uh, further, flip up a chair, grab a slice of Papa Jonah's pizza, and get ready to enjoy the best Spider commentary around. Dan and Mark are incredibly knowledgeable and can back up their opinions, having read these comics for years. They split up their show into easy-to-navigate segments, predicated by appropriate music. On iOS, pictures and links enhance the experience with every thwip. Special guest episodes give an inside look into how the sausage is made, what goes into making an issue or an arc, or even an entire character. Uncle Ben would be proud. In summary, stupendous, spectacular, stunning, superior, amazing. Thank you so much, Lego. That was really cool. Yeah, that was a really nice review. Thanks, man. And uh, I hope you're enjoying your Papa Jonas pizza. I'm never going to get over that. Yeah, well, you know, it's a thing. And don't forget about the Frito pizza. <laughs> <laughs> never forget about the Frito pizza. I'm trying the, my hardest to forget about that. I, I, I just took a box of Prilosec thinking about the Frito pizza. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we we got some emails, right, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. So our uh, our first email comes in from Owen from Newfoundland in Canada, or Newfoundland in Canada. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Maybe that makes me somewhat of a Newfoundland. Newfoundland, is that right? I think so. Okay. I was on Carmen San Diego, so you know. you're right. You were. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't win, but I, I was on. <laughs> you got for those of you out there. If you can find Mark on Carmen San Diego on the internet, you got to do it. <laughs> I can tell you the episode name. Yeah, what's the episode name? I think it's because uh, it, Vic the Slick was the uh, the villain, so I think it was the Slick, this the Slick. Slick ship ripoff. Slick ship ripoff. There you go. There you go. So, so go go on whoever's hosting Karma San Diego episodes. Look that one up, and you will see 
a eleven uh, year old me <laughs> in a great hat in a very snazzy hat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, the uh, question. <laughs> yeah, well, o- Owen wrote in, and, and he had wrote a really nice letter to us about his only complaint with the show is that he can't get on and talk to us. So he's doing the next best thing. So uh, There you go. <laughs> he says, uh, just wondering what your thoughts were on how Dan Slott seems to push hard to introduce and develop new characters or radically alter an existing character. It seems like he pushes these characters hard at the expense of developing or working with existing characters as they've been established over the years. This seems especially true of Peter lately, to the point where they're missing for many issues at a time, or in the case of Peter, almost seem like bystanders around which all these other characters are pushed. So, uh, Mark, what do you say to that assertion? Well, you know, we've, we've talked about this before, and, 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 you know, yeah, I mean, Dan Slott does it, but so does, so does every other creator, you know? Like, I, I think it's just kind of what comes with being a comic book creator. Um, you know, like, take someone like Roger Stern, who, you know, we, we, we talk about so, so fondly, and, like, you know, Stern is someone who, you know, for example, really loves the vulture, and, like, you know, started writing all these stories where he gave, like, the Vulture an origin, you know? Like, I mean, so talk about reinventing a character that he just had a personal affinity towards. Or even in terms of new characters, look what he did with the Hobgoblin. I mean, the Hobgoblin was all a part of Stern's initial run. And then when someone else got to reveal the Hobgoblin, Stern retconned it ten years later with a miniseries. So, I mean, this is this is not new. I mean, I don't I don't. You know that's what these creators do. Like you, you, you can't get, you can't get too upset by it. You know you can't think that someone's doing it more than the other because I think when you really look at it objectively, you notice that they're all doing it. And in the long run, any of these developments that aren't liked will be totally forgotten. Like I could, I can't tell you how many Catwoman stories or not Catwoman, Black Cat stories, like don't count anymore. Like there are so many like stories that just don't count. If si- people don't like Silk, guess who will be forgotten five years from now? Yeah. Um, but uh, what do you what do you what do you respond to his point? I mean, we've talked about this before. Uh, that you know Peter's kind of being pushed around or a bystander in his own book. Yeah, I mean. No, I I I, I certainly don't disagree with that, um, but. I don't know. <laughs> I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, I guess maybe we don't need to respond. We, we've kind of talked about this already. Yeah, but it seems like maybe things are starting to pick up. You know, I'm sure Peter will be the focal point again real soon. Um, just go listen to our old our, our past couple episodes and, and you'll get an idea of how we feel about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, we got an email from another uh, follower of the show. Yeah, this is our good friend Alton, who um, actually wasn't really – it's not a question. He's he's writing in with a bit of an update. Uh, I guess you can call it a correction to something we had talked about uh, in the last episode. Um, Alton writes that um, – about the Captain Britain Corps. It, it wasn't a shot at the Green Lantern Corps. It's a thing. It's a league of superheroes, all of them Captain Britain, but from different universes. Uh, they protect the multiverse from a dimension called the other world. They're powered by the friction between the dimensions – Otherworld and Captain Britain factor heavily into uh, Rick Remender's uh, Uncanny X-Force as 616 Captain Britain. Uh, Brian Braddock is the brother of Psylocke. Uh, that's a member of the X-Men for the uninitiated. Also in the scene, in the, scene uh, the collapse of the multiverse with um, 
Oh, Sat- Saturnine and Lady Roma. They're referring to the events going on in Avengers and New Avengers. Uh, and in that regard, talking about the incursions, uh, the, world, the, the parallel worlds colliding with one another, uh, which is going to probably set off Secret Wars next year. Um, so, Alton, thank you for, for, for updating us on that. And, and you know, that this goes to anyone. You know, if we're, if we're talking about something here that you, <laughs> that you suspect might be uh, incorrect or, you know, or needs more illumination, you know, we, we – we, we, I know you all think we we know everything, but we don't. I don't think we really profess to know everything, right, Dan? I mean, yeah, we, no. And 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 my <laughs> reading of Marvel is pretty limited to the Spider-Man books, um, purely for a, a money <laughs> yeah. standpoint. I'm in grad school; I can't really spend on everything. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, like Alton, just write in, let us know. We'll, you know. If it's if it's appropriate to read on the air, we will. Uh, <laughs> but you know, point being is, you know, we 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 can we if if we're wrong, we want to know that we're wrong because we don't want to be you know perpetuating false information. So thank yeah. you all, and we appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, well, we got an email from our good friend Tom Ayello again, and um, he asks us now that Spider Verse is in full swing, what Spider people do you want to see die? What spider people can you just not wait to see of their life force sucked out by the inheritors? Who are these spider hated and why? Mark, I have had the hardest times ever since I got this email thinking of an answer to this. I just don't know that there's a Spider-Man that I dislike all that much. How about um, e- how about emo spider from the Sonyverse? Yeah. If that counts, then yes. If I can erase Spider-Man 3, then yes, I will do it. Just the whole movie, you know, Bryce Howard's Gwen Stacy, Peter's crying over Harry's corpse. Uh, Anyway, we don't need to go over why we don't like Spider-Man 3. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody else. I wouldn't mind Spider-Man Unlimited dying, but he's already dead. So (laughs) it doesn't really, like, I don't hate him. It just was a TV show I didn't really enjoy. And I'm not really enjoying the ultimate spider-man tv show of what i've seen of it so maybe that guy i I don't know (laughs) um how about you know i (laughs) he's already dead but um the 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 spider armor spider-man that for some reason a lot of people like that and and you know i was i i was on a podcast once talking about spider-man comics and someone referred to that character as being a disco ball of justice and <laughs> and i thought that was very accurate and i agreed with that and then some people like no man the spider armor is awesome i'm like all right if you yeah. say so I, mean, I, guess, <laughs> I never really liked spider-man 2211 as i've alluded to in the past right. so i wouldn't mind seeing him die again uh <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on the again. Again, again, for the eighth time. Um, and then I guess, you know, is there anyone else? You know, radioactive sperm Spider-Man? <laughs> hey, you take that back. <laughs> I love Spider-Man Reign. And you know what? I guess I'm even more upset by his death in the Spider-Verse issue. Um, one, because it was such a throwaway, but two, because that book ends on such a wonderfully ambiguous note uh, about, like, whether he's alive or not. I mean, I guess, you know, it, 
either he's alive or it's his imagination or some poetic ending. But now, like, it concretely says, yes, he's alive, and guess what? We killed him. <laughs> so, there Anyway, um, uh, this, uh, this last email is, is from Vinny. Um, among other things, Vinny congratulates me for finishing my chase. You're, you're right on my tail, though, Dan. So, you know, keep up the good work. So is Tom Aiello. He just emailed me, said he has two to go. Oh, my uh, goodness. Yeah, what, if he, Tom, what if Tom beats you, Dan? Uh, he, I think he might. He had like 28 issues to go like a month ago. So that guy is on fire. All right. We'll, we'll keep going, Tom. Well, anyway, Vinny also writes uh, he has a small critique for us. You'd like to hear some alternate uh, alternate openings and closings for for the show. I can recite them both along with you guys. I understand the necessity for what you guys are saying, but maybe shake it up a bit. Give me something to stick around for in the last couple of minutes without just shutting off the podcast before it ends. I love the different way you guys did your Uncle Ben speech. So something along those lines would be interesting. Also, one request, not sure why, but every time I hear Mark's name, I imagine him saying, yo, what up? It's your boy, Janakio. <laughs> Did I say that right, Dan? <laughs> um, Mark, if you could say that in the next podcast, that would make me crack up. All right. I'll, 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 I might work that in again later. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, uh, just uh, Vinny had a couple of little things, but just to touch on that first thing about mixing things up, you know, we, I think Dan and I don't need to be such creatures of habit. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll mix it up. But if any, any, you got some ideas or you know what we could do that's different? We kind of ran out of Uncle Ben moments. Like, yeah, you quickly yeah. realize that Uncle Ben has not done that much. Uh, yeah, you know, without getting incredibly niche and me spending like, and like several hours digging for an Uncle Ben moment. If you want to send me some, like, I'll happily highlight them at the end of the episode. Um, yeah. So, and then, you know, something I've always actually thought about, this is not necessarily related to an opening or a closing, but um, I would love for us to have a theme song. Yeah, that but, would be really awesome. So, um, you know, let's put this out there right now. I mean, if 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 we got listeners, fans out there that are musicians, no musicians, have written songs or whatever – Let's 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 talk. We we need a theme song. And yeah, we'll, and if we'll, you send us one and we like it, we will happily like plug your work every yeah, we, episode. Yeah, I would say we will plug your band, plug your iTunes page, whatever. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So theme song. Let's do it. Come on, we got some. We of the of 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 the five listeners, one of them has to be a musician, right, Dan? Yeah, and you know what? If you do it, Mark will open the podcast every time. With yo, what up? It's your boy Ginocchio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, couple last comments from Vinny here. Uh, whose dog was barking like crazy in that interview with uh, Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez for Spider Gwen? I assume not either of yours because it was unique to that interview. I believe it was in Robbie's house. Yeah, Robbie's house, at least from from my imagination, is just like a den of chaos. Because <laughs> like. I think even Jason at one point was like, dude, what's with the dog? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, last question. How do you guys conduct your interview? Is it via Skype? And yes, it is. It is. I wish we could do it in person. That would be really fun. Maybe maybe one time when I come back to the East Coast, we could do something like that. 
Yeah, well, you know, we, we, we were kind of in person when we did the Connecticut Comic-Con interviews. That's true. That is true. You know, you were like, you know, we were sitting three inches from each other. It was, it was romantic. It was romantic. Uh, <laughs> oh, 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 those sweet memories. I know yeah, Todd no. DeFalco thought so. <laughs> <laughs> Get away from me, you idiots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, so, yeah, we do it over Skype and, you know, we have some tr- problems here and there. I mean, anytime you hear audio problems, that's because of the nature of Skype and, um, you know, even just today recording this, we've had some internet issues. So, uh, you know, take some patience. But, yeah, that's how we do it, Skype. Boom. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk about donations. And a little greater, walk a little prouder, be an innovator, laugh a little louder, joke around the crater, we can show you how to Now is the time of the show where we thank all of you stupendous people who have decided to donate uh, your money to the show and you have opted to join the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. This week we have no new members. Yeah, they're just not coming in. But, you know, Christmas is coming up. Maybe someone's saving up to give us a really nice gift. All I want for Christmas is more Spider Talk members. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's how we uh, keep the show going and, and, and how we pay for all of our microphones and uh, hosting of the show, which actually is getting quite expensive because we have a lot of episodes being hosted. Um, for each episode, we assign a member a number and randomly decide who gets what digital comic from us. Uh, this week, I have like 15 comics to give away. So instead of giving, going through the list, I'm just going to email everybody who's a member. So all you members out there, check your email because you're going to get a code from us. And if you, uh, if you, you know, want to join the club and get some free comics, you know, just, just go onto our websites. Mark, how might they find our, our, our way of joining? <sighs> if you would like to become a member of the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Tuck Members Club, and help support our show. Please go to our sites and click on the giant button that reads Friendly Hood Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. See, I got I got how many times do you need me to say it every episode, Dan? Mark, you better stick to that script. <laughs> I'm coming over there. I got to stick to our 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 poorly joke joke enhanced script. <laughs> Look, I, I I've never been the best comedian. But I'm, I'm trying something here. Yeah. I, we still get emails from people like, why did you name your club that? Like, I want everyone to know. We named it that as a joke. Exactly. Well, it's a, it's a spin on the, the, the Merry Marvel Marching Society. That is true. That is true. That's exactly what I was thinking. Anyway, yeah. it's a joke. Friendly Neighborhood Spire Talk Members Club is a thing. Get used it's to it. It's a thing. It's a thing. Like Papa Jonah's Pizza with Fritos. Yeah. Anyway, we hope that some of you guys... 
feel like joining. And if not, great. Our show's still free. So enjoy it. <laughs> and that's how we get new members. <laughs> you could pay for the show, but why would you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. What do you um, so let's go retro. Let's go back to my old school, Dan. Is that true? No. Well, because he's going back to school. I don't know. I thought it was a good segue. Well, Mark, we're back for the second part of the Coming Home arc, Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, number 31, for all of those of you reading at home. And we do recommend that you read this stuff at home because, like we said earlier, this is one of our favorite stories uh, you know, in Spider-Man history, like ever, I would say, yeah? Yeah. Wait, yeah. say that less? I, I missed that. Say that question again. It's one of your favorite <laughs> stories in Spider-Man history. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this this story just gets me jazzed up every single time, Dan. Good. Well, we're going to talk uh, about it, so let's get jazzed up again. All so, right. Well, well, sorry, you go. Oh. Okay. Well, so the story starts off with this wonderful scene with Peter and and Aunt May. Peter having just had that run in uh, with Ezekiel, where he basically asked him the three million dollar question to blow his mind about the spider and his origins, whether he was fated to be bit by the spider or whether it was an accident, um, what gave him his powers. Um, and Peter is mulling it over at the breakfast table. Mark, what do you think of this scene? Well, you know what? We, we, we get our first extended look at Aunt May here. And he's just, he just nails this character. I mean, is there a better Aunt May than JMS's Aunt May? No, I think this is the definitive Aunt May. Like, this is the best... Even just from the get-go, you can tell she's, like, really, like, uh, witty and on Peter, like, understands how he works, has good advice for him. I mean, yeah, this is, this is the most supporting this supporting character has ever been. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing, the only version that comes close is maybe what Bendis has done in Ultimate with her, but, like... You know, like, that's almost coming from a different angle. I mean, like, you know, Straczynski was kind of working within a framework here of what the character was already established as and still just goes to such wonderful places that there's still, I think, you buy in on, though, you know? Like, it's, you know, I mean, she hadn't been written as, like, this, um, you know, withering old dying woman <laughs> since the Dicko Lee years, so... Um, you know, it, it, we were able to go well past that, but like, she's just got so much personality and you know, the way she jokes with him and like, she's also very motherly and caring, you know, when she jokes, oh, you've had that look in your eyes since you were a child, you know, and I just know to wait until you come out of it. And like, it's just, it's just such a great scene. Like these are, these are the character scenes where I'm like, 
God, Straczynski can write, man. Like when he was on, he was so on. Yeah, and and this just leads into a number of really wonderful um, Aunt May stories. And already you're going to get the sense here that there is going to be a real change in their relationship. Um, I love that Peter is so lost in his own mind um, thinking about this. It reminds me a lot of um, like why the character was a loner in high school and throughout college. He would be so worried about his life as Spider-Man and – and the things at, back at home that he would ignore his classmates, which made them think that he was like, you know, thought he was better than them. And, and here he's doing it again, and it's completely in character uh, with his Aunt May, and she recognizes that he's just kind of in his own little world. Um, and, and I thought that was just a wonderful portrayal of, of the Peter Parker character. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, it's just just... So good. And like you said, this is just a taste of things to come when it comes to this character dynamic. Um, and then, like, you know, more great writing with um, with Moreland here. Like, the, the the poetic nature of Moreland talking about the croissant uh, in relation to this beautiful, delicate thing that someone will just devour in a bite as Spider-Man is swinging in the distance. I mean, like... That's just great stuff, you know? Yeah, right. And Moreland is looking pretty bad here. Um, like, he really needs to feast on something. He needs uh, more than a croissant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and and the sequence with his partner, his assistant, where he asks Moreland very offhandedly just to kill him. Oh, like, yeah. Like, that stuff creeps me out. <laughs> The character is perfect. I mean, just in general, the character—he's just so dangerously uh, enigmatic. You know what I mean? Like it's like like he—and he doesn't even lift a finger in the story. You don't see one evident, one demonstration of his powers. He's just there, and you're just like, but he has—he commands such a presence in this story. Yeah, absolutely. Even just in a small little scene. Uh, what about Ezekiel, though? Like, I like this Ezekiel scene. I mentioned the Peter being lost in his mind. Here we have the same thing kind of happening to Ezekiel. Um, he's kind of lost in his own mind during this uh, business meeting. And it's, I guess our first hint that Ezekiel owns this business, has all this money and resources, and also that he might not be um, as friendly to Peter as we might have suspected. Yeah, there's the, there's definitely some some reasons to distrust Ezekiel here, um, and just you know, and and the fact that like I I mean in in rereading this you know in anticipation for this podcast like I like I caught that one little exchange with the with the assistant, and I like I forgot that like you know like other people at that company know what's up with Ezekiel. You know what I mean? Like it it, it it's not like he's living completely in secret here. So it's like, what's that about? You know what I mean? Like, again, it's just kind of begging that mystery along. Yeah, really interesting stuff. If I didn't know how it ended, you know, really intriguing. Um, Now, for me, the highlight of this issue, because these are kind of all like check-ins, I think. The highlight here is Peter's uh, going back to his school again after Aunt May's kind of advice. And the little story that goes on there, uh, just wonderful stuff. I think. I mean, yeah, this the, the school stuff is is great, but I got to tell you, um, and again, this was something that kind of came back to me 
upon rereading this story, you know, it's it's a, it's amazing how much you you forget details when it's been a while. But um, with that school shooting or, or the shooter, I mean, like it's, especially in light of recent events, because I mean, you, you got to keep in mind when this was first written, this was what two thousand one. So I mean, we we there had been Columbine at that point, but like this whole thing with 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 school shootings, it was still kind of a a novelty, for lack of a better word. Whereas now it's like, you know, you have, it seems like you get a couple of them a year. <laughs> um, so like that, that, that just, just the tension of that. Like I, I like I actually like rereading it today felt like my pulse starting to race, like during that scene, like, and, and it's a credit to Straczynski and Romina and how they, how they construct it. But I mean, that, that was just really in, like un, un, surprisingly intense for me. And, and not dated. Like no, no, more, I think, more more prevalent than ever. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's the scene's still relevant today, and I, and I think maybe even more so because, um, you know, again, you, you had Columbine in 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 ninety eight, a few years before this was published, but you know there there was still like that that idea, like there was a fantasy to it, you know, like 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 oh this it it happened once or twice, but this won't happen here, and now it's. This can happen, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, whether you know, school, mall, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the gun violence has just become so prevalent in in, in American society. Um, so yeah, it's just like, I mean, I, it, I again, it just I, not to repeat myself, but it just stunned me how I, I guess tense and and uh, unsettling that scene was reading it today you know reading it in 2014 yeah it's one it's one of those things like people often comment on how jms's spider-man was so mystical like and and, like magic oriented but i think that they often forget and 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 miss out on how like street level and and socially oriented um the the book is uh in the time like there are things that him dealing with homeless children and and things like that in, in this story and, and this is the start of it here uh, I guess Peter's Parker's more I guess social role as a teacher that he that he takes on and I thought it was just a wonderful you know we have him punching villains so often but like some of the worst violence and 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 some of the worst villains are like our own culture and what it and what it breeds um, yeah. But then also, I mean, in terms of the tale of the two kids in, in this issue, you know, you have the one, you know, kind of the, 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 the science geek, so to speak, uh, that he met last issue um, where, he, you know, the, the two of them work together to to, you know, ignite this, the, you know, this the chemical smoke uh, that that, you know, basically saves everybody. Which, and by the way, they, is just beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful imagery, nice coloring. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, this is this is you know, the the Ramita and, and Scott Hanna, I believe, was the anchor on this one. You know, Scott Hanna, who who did so much with Ramita during that run, um, and um, and then the fact that that kid's then revealed as like another kind. And you know, you have the teacher who kind of like, well, you know, I, you know, why won't he just stop acting weird? And and, and it's just like you know, again, like that that um, you know, the parallels of you know, here's Peter reaching out to this one kid that's weird and, you know, like probably instills the confidence in him that, you know, would prevent him from going down that dark path. And then you have this other kid who, 
you know, clearly, you know, was, was brushed aside not only by his classmates, but by adults and look, and look where he ended up. And, and it's just like, you know, again, it was relevant then it's, it feels even more relevant now. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's just, it just, you know, I know it's just, I see the future, but the fact that, that this issue exists and you, you could just read that now and it just seems, you know, so, so poignant. Yeah, and, and, you know, we've talked about this during Superior, but, like, Peter even says it here that, like, he could have seen himself very easily going down that path to becoming the shooter kid. And, yeah. Uh, and it's just, you know, as someone who was bullied as a child, I don't know that I ever had that dark of thoughts, but, like, you know, the ideas of revenge do cross your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. This is still the this is still the character who you know in his very first appearance says I'm going to sh- you know I'll show them on the fr- on the front page you know and and I think that's a that's a sentiment I mean you know I, I I was certainly bullied too as a kid and you know there was that element to it not you know nothing violent necessarily but that I I'll show them you know like and 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 you know that's this is why we love Peter Parker at the end of the day. I want to speak on another personal note that, that Cal- the callous teacher at the end that yeah. basically is like, well, you know, they bullied him, but everybody's kind of got to pick up their own, you know, do their own thing and, 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 you know, fight harder for themselves. You know, and I, you know, as a teacher myself, I have encountered that teacher in my, as yeah. one of my coworkers, and I can't tell you, like ugh, those people are the plague on the teaching community, and they exist all, probably more often than not. Uh, yeah, are, are no, people I, that just don't want to involve themselves and don't want to support their students. I mean, it's also the toughest part of being a teacher is that you have to deal with things—not deal with things like that, but like that is an active part of 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 your life is shape shaping the world of these kids. Yeah. And, uh, that guy is just as bad as the kid who exploded to become the shooter because he's an, he's, he's creating more victims. And, uh, um, to my final point, the, I'm the new science teacher image at the very end. To me, yeah. that's an iconic image. Like that is one of my all time Peter Parker moments and images. Yeah. No, that's that's I, I I mean it's it's that last line is just great. I mean like you know I think I said it it, it sends chills up my spine and yeah it is it's just a great image. I mean you know like this this like, kind of what I said earlier in the show this this book this book at this moment was at the top of its game. You know like I'm like I'm thinking back about this. You know I mean I mean the storyline won in Eisner. I mean so that's that's number one. Oh it I mean, did it did yeah it did. Um, so you know it's a serialized story and and like you know it's like you know the way people talk about like like what mark wade's doing on daredevil now and and or like you know like kind of like these these creators who are taking these known products and like kind of just churning out top quality stuff i mean that's that's what this was you know i mean and 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 um you know, like it, it, it's, it's. You kind of have to be like, I mean, and this is not a knock on 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 Dan Slaughter, what we're getting right now, but like it's, it's, you know, it really wasn't all that long ago where you know, I mean, Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man was considered the book to read. 
and this was why because i mean in, in these these this story you know this was the story that put it back on the map you know yeah and you know in a story where we get barely any spider-man in it you know this is a peter parker story as i think the best spider-man stories often are uh a peter parker story first and foremost yeah, I mean, he really only has one scene, and that's when he's swinging with during the croissant, and you know, his sense goes off in a in a crazy way, right? I mean, yeah, I love how he like goes. I'm just gonna leave. Well, I guess I'm just gonna kind of sneak away. <laughs> oh man, I, I like you don't understand how excited I am that we're doing we're we're talking about the storyline the way we are, Dan. So I yeah, mean, I, I love it. I love it so much. And 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 thirty two's got one of my all time favorite Spider Man scenes in it. So uh, you know, be, great. Be, well, I'm really looking forward to talking to you about it then. Yeah, stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs> and if you're not reading, like you know, do anything you can to go and and check out this book. Uh, yeah, I think if you find the trade paperback, it's actually like the first Amazing Spider Man number one trade paperback because they kind of relaunched the trades. And it's got the image of Peter removing his mask and looking over his shoulder um, on, on the cover. Okay. I just I, – I mean I know it's on Marvel Unlimited. So, I mean – so you could always do that too. Yeah. You know, I think, I think they were doing some kind of promotion during Cyber Monday for like 75 cents for the first month or something. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did see that. Um, so you can also some... just buy the issues on on the Mar- Marvel app too. Yeah, they're probably what two bucks a pop. Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. So, well All worth right. it. Well worth it. Yeah. So why don't you take us home, Dan? Awesome. Well, of course you can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcast at superiorspidertalk.com or find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do. Please leave a rating and comment and let us know how we're doing, and we'll read it on the air just like we did today. And, Mark, I think maybe we forgot to, to uh, note this, but we passed our 50th episode a couple episodes back, and, uh, and I guess we're well on our way towards 100. Yeah, so we had our glow-in-the-dark cover ep- uh, episode. Now we need <laughs> to have our, our, our tombstone-embossed episode. <laughs> Who's going to die in that one? Mark or me? I just love that when I gave that issue to Bagley and and, and Demetrius at Connecticut Comic Con, they both separately were like, "I hate that cover." <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes four about, of us, I guess. I guess uh, you know, in, in, in one of my comicbook.com lists, I did list it as one of the ten stupidest. 90s gimmick covers so you know there you go there you go well if you have any opinions on that cover or any of these comics that we've covered uh or any questions at all you can email them to us at amazing talk at gmail.com and we'll address and read them on the air yeah and also as always check our facebook pages at facebook.com slash superior spider talk and facebook.com slash amazing chasing amazing as dan and i post updates of articles that we've written or or solicit questions and feedback from you guys or even um, free comic book codes free comic book codes little news tidbits uh you know these facebook pages are a great resource uh for us and for you so uh you know check out those pages give us a like uh make us feel popular for half a second and 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 do that um and also i can't forget to say Check out our friendly neighborhood Spider Talk members club that helps support our show. Uh, you know, 
because we like your money. No, no, it's because you're supporting a good cause. Of course it is. <laughs> yes. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Exactly. So, 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 Dan, you know, since we want to mix things up a little bit, tell, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we're going to find on Superior Spire Talk over the next week or two? Well, uh, you know, this week is a pretty slow week. We have no new comics out. Um, but we have some wonderful comics of our own that we're going to be putting out. Our artist, our resident artist, Ray Sumzer, has just submitted his next batch of, uh, of Spectacular Spider Bites, which is our own comic that we make, our, our funny comic, like yeah. the Sunday comics. And uh, they are really great. So come by on Friday and you'll see our latest comic from Ray Sumzer. And Ray perpetuates the Papa Jonah pizza thing. So, you know, again, it's not just me, Dan. Yeah, I almost didn't want to publish that one. <laughs> no, no, no. It was very funny. So, you know, check out his the whole archive of those comics on the site. And, of course, you can follow me and the site at Sup Spider Talk on Twitter. Awesome. How about you, Mark? What do we got coming up in your neck of the woods? Yeah, yeah. Well, Chasing Amazing, I've been kind of playing catch-up because uh, I was both at, uh, away for on a business trip and then had Thanksgiving the past two weeks, which also explains why we didn't get a podcast out until now. Um, so I, I'm playing catch-up with some of the new releases that, that came out over those, those two weeks. Uh, but starting um, next week, which would be the, the week of uh, the 8th, it, for those, depending on when you're listening on this, uh, I'm going to be starting uh, my second annual uh, Reader Request Month. I did this last year. I think I even wrote a nice little piece about Dan and Stegron, uh, if memory serves. Um I, yeah, I've that's al- it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've already uh, gotten some pretty interesting um, suggestions, but I mean, basically, what this is is, you know, I write about the stuff that you guys asked me to. As long as long as I haven't written about it in the past, which you know, if you, and if you want to find out what that is, if you go on my homepage www.chasingamazingblog.com, you can click. I have a, a, a checklist and a blind spots checklist. The blind spots are like all of the B titles of, of stuff I've written about. Whereas the checklist is all the uh, ASMs I've written about. Um, so if you see something, or, or if, I should say if you don't see something and you want to, want me to talk about it, uh, uh, tweet me at ChasingASMblog um, on Twitter or, or just leave me a comment on Facebook. Uh, but I will do it. Um, you know, I'll try and get, you know, certainly at least one of these a week. But, you know, if, a lot of, if I end up getting a lot of these, maybe I'll do a few more. So. Awesome, Mark. Well, I have to submit something to you to write about myself. Um, well, I guess that's about it. Is it uh, Mark, uh, why don't you end the show for us? Uh, sure. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> not to not to say the same thing over and over until until we come up with a better ending. Let's remember the good the good old sage advice of um, old man Spider Ezekiel. No, I meant Uncle Ben. Which is with great podcasts, there must also come amazing spider talk. Mm-hmm.